Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and I have Lori here with me, but I have a question. <laughs> Lori. <Hit me>. Yes. <laughs> True or false? We have never made a mistake while reselling. I mean, obviously, this is false. <laughs> you would assume so. <laughs> Obviously, actually, I meant to say obviously true. I was going to be funny and say it's okay, Lori. It's still funny. But yeah, obviously false. We've made plenty of mistakes through yeah. the years while reselling, and we want to sit down and chat with you all about the mistakes we've made and how we've used these errors as learning experiences to grow from them. This or continue to do them. One of the or other. We yes, we said. <laughs> That was such a bad idea. And I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. But I think like this is maybe if you're newer and you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I feel like I keep making the same mistakes. And why do I keep doing this? And why do I keep picking up this certain brand or this certain style? Or this has a hole in it again. Like we all do it. All mm -hmm. of us all the time. And there's various reasons why it can happen. And I think it'll be fun to kind of go through these different scenarios um, that we've come up with and talk them out. And maybe you'll, someone will resonate with all of you. I think it might. I think it I might. Think so too. No, the, in, in, yes. I mean, oh my gosh. I think I did four of these today. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. All right, first one we have is Buying items at the thrift store with rips, stains, tears, even after you rued the item numerous times before leaving. True happens all the time. All the time. True. Ding, ding, ding. I even feel like it happens more so, well, it happens when I'm in a rush because mm -hmm. it's always going to happen when you're in a rush. Mm -hmm. um, or you're so confident. I do this sometimes and it's so bad. I'm like so confident that the item is in perfect condition because I like did a once over and I'm like, oh, it's fine. It doesn't have any holes in it. Like it, it's good to go. Or it's new with tags. Why would I have anything wrong with it? Mm -hmm. And then I get it home and I inspect it and I'm like, mm, probably should have looked under the sleeve or I should have looked at the, the hem a little bit better or I just think what about the power of suggestion when you just want it to be perfect oh, yeah. so bad <laughs> because you of the like brand stuff because it's a brand and because you just I, I saw a Laura uh Lauren Moffat jacket today mm -hmm. for four dollars if if it didn't say Lauren Moffat on it I would have is it Lauren or Laura I think it's Lauren Lauren, Lauren I think it's Lauren Moffat um, and if it didn't say that I would have been like this jacket is so disgusting but I like looked at it for a long time. Like, I think I could, I think I could shave this mountain of pill off of the underarm area and get that stain out. But like, yeah, sometimes it's the power of suggestion, just like wanting a brand to mm -hmm. be okay. Because it's like, even the lighting sometimes in certain places, like sometimes, especially now that it's getting darker out earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're just relying on the light within the store, which isn't always the best. Uh, so I know sometimes in the summertime, what I do is I take my carriage and I go closer to the window and I like look in the sunlight at certain items to kind of get a better idea of what it will look like. Because sometimes you're in the store. Oh, we shop together in that one store and we go to that yes, one section that so has the great lighting. We just bring our things over there. We're like, we'll, we'll meet in the spot. In, yeah. In it, and you know that it's nice and bright there so you can look. But generally it's not LED bulbs everywhere, you know, and. Wouldn't that be so nice? That'd be so it nice. It would be, but that's mm -hmm. not the case. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah. I will say that rushing is the number one reason yeah. for me why I miss things. The number yeah. one reason. I sometimes feel like I can repair everything in the world because of the brand that I have in my hand. 
And then I have to like do a reality check and like, I'll put it in my cart and everything. And then at the end, I have to really like look at myself in the mirror and be like, but seriously, can you really repair this? Is this really worth it? Even though it's a really great brand. I'm not someone that upcycles. If I upcycled, maybe, but I don't. So I struggle. Yeah, and I, I don't even think the question is, can you repair it? Because I'm sure the answer to that is yes. Mm. I'm sure. Do I want know. to repair it? It's do you want to? Like, are you really going to yeah. make the time? And And I feel like it took me probably 18 months mm-hmm. of picking up flawed items because they were a good price. And, and so I'm at the point now, like sometimes I look at my drafts, my drafts that haven't gone live. And I'll be like, why didn't I list that? And I'll say, oh, because it has a little hole there. And now I'm just like, well, screw it. Just list it, Lori, and price it accordingly. Mm-hmm. But I think when like um, when I catch myself, like I'll take the photographs and I'll be halfway through a draft sometimes before I even see the flaw. And what I'll do now is just like, just take a picture of that flaw and list it. Like, don't look at, because I think that's where I went wrong for me personally, because I wouldn't fix things. Um, I had a, that red dynasty jacket, um, the sequins it's, it's a piece that I think could be worth quite a bit that I recently found. It's a, it's a jacket. I think um, somebody wrote in my comments that um, women in the Chinese culture wear it for their wedding day. It's like a red, it has a dragon. Yeah. So somebody said, you know, that is, is not a hard fix. Like you could go get some sequins and you could hand stitch that. And it really wouldn't be hard to do. I like, like choked on my morning coffee. I'm like, I, <laughs> you want me to do what <laughs> I would, I mean, and, and I believe that person, you know, I could probably take a few hours and this is the type of piece that maybe the return would be amazing, but I would be more likely to bring it to somebody to repair it. Like I have a wool J crew jacket that they've probably donated by now with the cleaners <laughs> um, that I had, you know, they fixed a couple buttons and they, because I thought that that was worth repairing. Mm-hmm. I had a Burberry coat that I picked up that had one little stain and I brought it to the dry cleaners because that was worth repairing. Right. And, and so those types of things, I don't even mess with myself and I will still pick them up if they're that good. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I had a pair of Chanel boots that I found. My first pair of Chanel boots I ever found. This is like my first year reselling. Didn't know what to do with them because they needed a new heel. Like they needed a new sole. They were beat up. They were $3.99. I couldn't pass them up regardless because they were $3.99. I could have made my money back either way. Like, But at the time I was so new. I did. I went to the cobbler and I probably spent like $35 to get everything fixed. They fixed the suede. They fixed everything. But I sold them for $1.99 because they were like a really vintage, like it took awesome. a really special person to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And um, that was worth it to me. I would probably still do that today, but I tend to pass on a lot of that now. I, I tend to just kind of like, all right, I know it's a really great brand. Maybe someone else wants to put the time and invest the time into it, but I just can't. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, I respect those people that do take the time and mm-hmm. like bring these things back to life. I think it's wonderful. And I feel like there was a time where I was hopeful I would, or I would put more effort into things. Yeah. And I think as you, as you move further along, and if you, if you start dipping your toes into other things like multiple platforms or, you know, social media, or just other things that kind of take your time, um, mm-hmm. you'll realize really quickly that time is money. You know, you're almost better off just like redonating and picking up another piece to list that will take you five Absolutely. minutes to list. You Absolutely. Know, so, yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Next one. Purchased items at the thrift store that you swore you would never purchase to, to resell, resell again. That's a good um, one. Yeah. True. true. 
true. <laughs> I think everything's going to be true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely do that. And I think a good example of that, I just talked about this in my recent video of like my Bolo brands and, but they're not like what you would anticipate a Bolo brand to be like, they're just very generic mall brands that I have really good luck with and the styles that I do really well with. And one of them in there that I mentioned was Anthropology, but it's specifically Pilcro and the letterpress and like their overalls or their utility jumpsuits, like that kind of stuff. So yes, I have sworn up and down, I'll never pick up Anthropology, but I always have an exception to that role. And that's one of my exceptions. Or it's a really interesting, fun piece and the price is right. And it's in a brand that I say I'll never, like I this brand doesn't do well for me. I'm not going to pick it up. I'll get it just for that reason. Like, okay, I know it's a brand that I tend to struggle with, but this piece is really unique and I think I can do a really good job flipping it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I think this is where our personalities come into play because I think you're more black and white than me. So I, I feel like you've probably sworn off a lot more brands than I have. Yeah. Um, and so I, I mean, there are certain things that, so, so I think my rule of thumb now is, if I have it sitting in my inventory right now, like I just passed on a pair and I think it was in a thrift with me of fit flops. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think fit flops are sexy shoes or anything. Like I don't, I don't like they're comfort them. shoe. They're comfort shoes. Mm-hmm. They sell. Um, and they're kind of like the dance goes of the world. Like you, I can flip them for 35, $40. It's, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get excited about them, but I pick them up anyways. I have like in Jack Rogers is another example um, the classic Jack Rogers shoes, they sell better in the summer. You know, if they're in really good condition, they'll sell. But then a lot of Jack Rogers sits for me. Yeah, um, I agree. But what I do now is if I have a couple in my inventory already and they're sitting, I'll leave them behind. But once that item sells, I would probably pick up another one and kind of replace it. But it's not something I would buy multiples of. Like, I think you and I probably have multiple pairs of Madewell and Levi's Absolutely. high rise jeans. And it's like, you just keep buying them. You just keep buying them. You don't even, I don't, I'm not even keeping track of how many are in my inventory. Too I many. Probably could. They're too many. <laughs> but so that's an example of like a brand or like, a, you know, Patagonia Cinchilla. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I have one in stock and it's not moving. I'm not going to buy that. I would do it for a base layer Patagonia or like, I don't buy a lot of Patagonia dresses or things like that, but a Patagonia Cinchilla. I'd have 10 of them in my closet if I could for the right price. But then there are those certain brands that if I have one or two and they're not moving and I'm not excited about them as it is, I would pass on them. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with that too. I think some, I like the, the analogy that you use of like restocking. I think that's a great way of thinking of it. Like, okay, it's a replenishable basically. Like this is something that I know is going to flip. I don't want to have a ton of it, but I can easily replenish it and kind of have that customer flow coming back. Yeah, like the black dance goes. Those are just Mm -hmm. something that I feel like I always have some version. Sometimes they're patent leather. Sometimes they're matte black. Sometimes they're Sunitas. But I always feel like I have a pair of black clogs in my closet in some size. Um, And yeah, so I I try to tap the brakes a little bit if... um, if I've been buying a lot and they haven't been moving. So, but yeah, I mean, I sold a pair of old Navy pajama pants the other day. I mean, they're like basically disposable (laughs) and you know, you can get them on black Friday for $3. Black Friday's coming. It's like, like I I got, they were like white with like a smocked waist and like pineapples. I'm like, these are kind of cute. And I picked them up at the bins and they sold for $15. So like, I don't, I don't really think I have a brand that I just would 
I mean, I don't know. I think it all depends on where we are in our business in terms of styles that we're selling. I think that has a lot to do with it. Like where we at with going off Alfred Dunner there. I said it. Okay, I won't that's, a good, that's a good one to swear off. So, <laughs> but you'd be surprised like swearing off Casper. Yeah. yeah. Casper. I have Casper in my closet. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Casper with a K. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not good. I'm not good at swearing anything off, but I see, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, speaking of Pilker on the letterpress and, uh, you know, uh, don't buy the it? jeans, cartonier blazers. Yeah. You know, if I, if I see 20 of them, I might pick up one mm-hmm. of those. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Pilgrim on the letterpress jeans. I would, I, I learned the hard way. They just and don't they're so move. damn cute too. They they're are. so damn cute, but they don't move, but their overalls or their utility jumpsuit or like the painter type smocked things. Those do so well. Cause it's a very, um, it's something that I think resonates with a lot of the trends that are going, that are out there right now. Overalls are big again, you know, all I, say, I don't even think the brand really matters for overalls. Right. 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 But I think because it's anthropology, it kind of has yeah, a different, it a little bit of a boost. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I make it an exception. Yeah. But otherwise I'm trying to be better about allowing things into my closet, not necessarily because of brand brand, of course, is always helpful no matter what, but I'm, I, I'm trying to be more open to it, but then I feel like I don't want to fall into the trap where like I'm picking up things you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to I fall mean, into your strategy that. has worked for you, Daniela. I it mean, has. I think that's how you, you know, you keep your closet lean and profitable. Yeah. You I know? try. I try. Mm. Next up shoes that required too much rehab that you thought you could handle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Oh like, oh um, I, I'll never forget when I went to the bins, this was, I think right before it was before we went to Maine. So it was pre-pandemic, December, November, in that range. And um, <laughs> there was just a pile of boots with dirt everywhere. And, but they were Sorel and one of them was Ugg. And I was like, I'm getting, they were leather. They were like leather Ugg boots and leather Sorel wedge boots. It's like, I'm getting them covered mm-hmm. in mud, covered in dirt, got them, didn't want to clean them for like a month and a half because mm-hmm. it's disgusting. I didn't want to do it. Plain so it was just dirt, but they were otherwise good. E- yeah. yeah. They needed yeah. some work. The leather was they scuffed. Need- it needed it needed a little rehab. Then I picked up another pair of um, I don't remember what the brand was, but like the heel was coming up. Like it, like I thought I could fix it on my own. I thought I could take it to the cobbler and it'd be an easy fix. Ended up being like a twenty five dollar thing, and at that point it wasn't worth it anymore to me. And I've been there. I've done it. Yeah. I've also picked up sneakers that I thought I could clean. And I cleaned them over and over and over again and ended up not being able to get them. Like a canvas or like a nylon material. Yeah. Or leather. These were nylon. They were sneakers. They were nylon. And I thought I'd be able to do it. And I just, and a lot of it came out, but I just, they were beyond anything else I could do. I soaked them for 24 hours, nothing. But I feel like shoes. So let's reference our, our uh, discussion with Ryan and Lindsay last week. I feel like shoes is something that you typically can clean and, you know, you can turn a good profit on them, but I, but like they say, some things just with experience yeah. learn. 
Ryan's advice was, you know, all, all of the work should be done upfront before you leave the store with them. Like you analyze everything, you twist the, you know, you do all the little tests before you go to ensure that you're not going to have the work on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, I thought was really great advice. Yeah. I've been burned on um, Birkenstocks because they, they could just be so nasty because I know my Birkenstocks like nasty. Work is breaking now and my toes are like those toe marks are never coming out. I mean, and I know there are ways to get it out, but like yeah. um I've I've bought a few pairs of Burks with like the, the bottoms are coming off and I'm just like, but they're Birkenstocks, you know? And I mean uh-huh. they kind of still do sell. They do. Like, but I do I really want these nasty shoes in my closet? Like when someone's like scrolling through to like look at these. Mm, look at these Birkenstocks that are just covered in black soot everywhere. Somebody did buy a pair of Burks for me though. And when I went to send them, I realized that the whole sole was detached from the leather. Mm-hmm. So I messaged them and I'm like, I can't send these to you. Like I just noticed the thing. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'm replacing the entire footbed. Like I'm, I'm just buying it for the leather on top. I'm just send them. I'm like, okay, I love you. Just buy new Burks. Just buy new ones. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it was a discontinued leather or something that they had or a color or something like that. And she really wanted it. I did that with a pair of Doc Martens too. They were pretty bad. And I fixed them up the best that I could, but it was like the sole was all destroyed. And But I was still able to sell them for like $40, $45. So I guess some people just don't care. I don't know. Yeah, you just get lucky sometimes. But shoes can require a lot of time for rehab. So can handbags. So like- if you're going to rehab and you're going to go down that route, you know, kind of take the advice that Ryan and Lindsay gave last week. If you listen to the episode, and if not, you should listen to it because it's really good. Um, they're super knowledgeable, you know, do the work beforehand, mm-hmm. look at it, twist it, bend it, do all that kind of stuff and, and kind of go from there. Remember the advice we used to give that we don't do anymore ourselves or we probably should do. I don't know. Maybe you still do it, but carrying the Tide pen with you to make oh, sure that things would come out. Like that was wow. advice we used to give a couple of years ago. Yeah, I never do. Um, who who's our friend? Up Mira. Mira. Mira does. Mira it. She's a kit. <laughs> she like she has her Doc Martin. Like yeah, she has a kit, and like in between rotations, she literally sits there and like clean stuff, mm-hmm. tries to get stains out of things, and then you know makes her decision. Makes her decision. Um, and if she keeps it, she's like, she's already ahead of the game because she's already like polished shoes and <laughs> brilliant. Smart I think man. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Next up, we have picked up a designer or luxury piece because of the brand name, even though the piece wasn't exciting. And then there's a two, there's a second part to this too, which is an item that was a designer or luxury piece that was damaged in some manner, which kind of goes it can go hand in hand sometimes. It can, it can. Either the style's not there or the condition isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. I've done it. Oh God, yes. I mean, luckily, I feel like now I've been doing it maybe even more so because now we have the real, real. And sometimes they'll take some of these um, brands that mm-hmm. I wouldn't sell on my own, but I'm like, oh, well, the real, real will sell it. So I'm so guilty of doing that. I'm like, this yeah. is the most boring button up white blouse, but the real, real will take it. So I'm going to get it. And it's going to cost me $2. So sure. You know, and even if you make 16, if you're just putting it in a Don't box, care. And- it's extra money. You know, that's the way I look at it. When I look at the real world, it's like it's an extra stream of income. My buying cost is minimal, or it's a buy that I should have never made in the first place. 
and or it's not moving on my own and at least I'll have a something cost already like you've already mm-hmm. like made the mistake you know we were just talking before we went live about you know pieces that I've had sitting in my Poshmark closet for a while good name brands like the Salvatore Ferragamo bags that I found and the vintage YSL belt and I'm pulling them you know just because they're not they're just not moving so yeah and the cool thing I just got some stuff back um, like I got a Diane von Furstenberg lace dress that just won't leave it because won't it's leave. Diane von Furstenberg. And this is this trouble they that we have. Sell it. I couldn't sell it yeah. came back today, but the cool thing is it was something I had already listed. So instead of deleting it, I just marked it not for sale. Mm-hmm. And so then I just rebooted it today. Um, yeah, so it can sit for another six months. And we'll also see. guilty to do that with Tori Birch. Why do I continue to buy Tori, Tori Birch pieces? Why do I do it to myself? Shoes, handbags, different story. Clothes, I should have learned my lesson already on that. It's really hard to move Tory Burch clothing. It is really, really hard. I have some really cool pieces too. Like I have this black Tory Burch silk. Um, it's it's black and then it has leopard sleeves or it's leopard Ooh. with black sleeves. It's some sort of really cool combo. And then it's got like the black, like beading around the collar, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like that Y2K beading. That was a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Like you yeah. see it on like J. Crew shirts. But it's still, there's like a lot going for it. Not moving. And Fontaine, not moving. Like no. I have certain brands that I was so excited to find and they just are very cozy in my closet. <laughs> They're just hanging out. I have a great example of picking up a luxury piece that was damaged, but I still picked it up, but I upcycled it. So okay. there was a Chanel cashmere um, cardigan that I found at Savers. And I was, it's my first piece of Chanel clothing that I've ever found. I found Chanel boots. I found, you know, shoes. I found him. I've never found a handbag. I wish found a fake one, (laughs) not a real one. Um, but I've never found clothing. So I was so excited because I I could tell immediately it was real, but just by the feel, the tag, everything, it had all the things going for it. It was wool and cashmere. So now I'm looking at it. It's like, there's gotta be something wrong with it. There's no way this has been sitting on the rack all day. Cause it was like 4 PM and it was like in the rack. So I start looking at it and it had holes, moth holes everywhere, but I couldn't leave it behind because it was my first Chanel clothing piece yeah. that I found and it was, yeah. it was cashmere and wool. And I was like, I'm going to find something to do with this. God damn it. Last thing I do, like, I'm going to find something to do with this thing. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find out a way to use it. So I um, contacted a friend and I, who sews and I said, can you make this into a scarf? Like, can we use this material and make it into a scarf? So it's like a, an infinity scarf kind of thing. I haven't worn it yet. Um, she kept like the border of the, the thing. It still has buttons on it. And I have like the other buttons that were on it too. And I'm like, all right. I mean, it's an upcycled piece now. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe I could send this to the real real because I, I kept the tags and everything on it. I was oh, like, keep the tags. Like show, so show so not show so the tags in and um because I don't know what I'm going to do with this and I'm I'm curious I'm going to reach out to my rep and I'm going to say to her after I wear it a couple times and be like hey I have this Chanel upcycled piece would you guys even be interested in it and kind of go from there and if not I might sell it on my own or keep it one or the other um but I just I could not I paid $13.99 for a damaged Chanel cashmere cardigan I would have done the same thing I I can't leave that yeah, no. I mean, I think Chanel, there's an exception. Yes. Tori Burke is not Chanel. No. <laughs> no. I mean, like, I would have picked it up too. I would have picked it up too. Or like, I love, um, I've been looking on Etsy to go with my my new Louis Vuitton planner. Like, they have accessories on Etsy. Mm. And people will upcycle mm. old 
on canvas bags and make bookmarks and make headbands. Right. And it's great what people can do with the stuff. And it's, it's the real thing. They're just, you know, using it in a different way. I think it's so cool. Yeah. That's my one story where I came home and I was like, Matt, I paid $13.99 for a broken Chanel cashmere sweater. And he was like, she's broken. She's broken. Well, why'd you get her? She's not broken. Because she's bent. Like Pink would say. <laughs> it's Chanel. You don't leave Chanel behind. Exactly. Uh, All right. Next up, felt pressured to buy something while outsourcing just because you haven't had any luck. Oh God. Finding anything you consider worth it. Did, did this yesterday. Yeah. I try so hard not to do this, but like, it's that feeling of, I just drove here. I just spent time walking around. I have nothing in my car and now I'm going to walk out. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I'll tell you what I bought yesterday because I did this yesterday. (laughs) Tell me your experience. I went back to my, to my honey hole that is dying of a fast death. Like I I keep going back thinking it's going to get better. I hear it keeps getting worse. It's getting worse by the hour. And it honestly, like I have to look at everything different now. I've sourced a new place today, which was good, but um, I went back because they had their price increase. So I said, well, maybe when they put the prices up, maybe they're backstocking some of their inventory and they're like holding out on some of the good stuff to put right, out right, right. when the prices go up. Like if, if I was a business owner, that, that would make sense to me right. because the crazy thing is they've cleared it out so much. Like to walk around, the experience is great, but the inventory just is not there. Right. It's just not there. And I don't know what's happening to it because there was a part of me that was like, well, maybe they're pulling all the good brands and they're like selling them on Poshmark or something like that. But right. no, like I, because they're still marking things up. They still had like the Prada shoes that were in the case. They were still there. They were still there. They were marked to forty nine ninety nine. I didn't buy them still, but they were like a hundred the week before. But anyways, um, they might go to nineteen ninety nine. So just wait. Yeah. Maybe next week they'll be nineteen ninety nine. Then I'd buy them. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like you would think that if they were outsourcing, that would be a perfect example of something they would, you know, and then they, right. the they would pull Klein and they would sell. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they still have like the Calvin Klein marked up and like the, you know, Mosimo new yeah. with tag for $15. So it's still weird stuff like that. But anyways, um, so the prices didn't go up too much. Like the sweatshirts used to be $3.99. Now they're $4.99. Okay. Leggings, $4.99. Everything basically went up. A dollar shoes are still $4.99. They didn't go up in shoes. So I was like, great. Anyway. I got a pair of Soul Cycle leggings. You were which... desperate. <laughs> they yeah, you were real desperate. They said Boston. So I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. But they had some cracking. And it's just like, that's how. And then I bought a pair of Aloe leggings, which might as well be Soul Cycle for me lately. And they were like an older style. Like they were black. Like the ones that almost look like you're wearing like thigh high. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're kind of like the a... ballet style of a legging. Yeah, well, they come all the way up and it was like royal blue and then like black at the top, like, and they were five bucks each. And as I was checking out, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But 
it was one of those days. Like I used to leave this place and spend $300. I used to leave with trash bags, like just, and then I'm like, is it me? Am I getting more picky? No. I mean, yes, but no, but no, like it's so bad. It's actually like impacting my daily functioning. Like it's upset me so much. <laughs> now Listen, I feel like when everyone's like, I don't have places like that around me. And I'm like, neither do I. I don't have anything anymore. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I experienced that with you last time we were together and it was, that was a rough day. <laughs> um, and I, it almost felt like we were trying to find something to pick up those days it was like could we just drove around to numerous stores one we had really good luck in but like the other ones was just like okay there's nothing here okay I'm getting one thing okay I'm gonna get this one yeah. you know like I have 20 percent off hard, okay. right? when you, in, and so I guess there was a part of me I guess my reasoning because I think we all experienced this so I think my reasoning yesterday was you know a year ago I would have priced these at 45 or 55 dollars for soul cycle and mm-hmm. um so it's like it used to be good pre-pandemic before Peloton took over the world. I say Peloton. Oh, I, I have a story about Peloton. To keep going. People loved theirs. I mean, I did well with SoulCycle prior to the pandemic, um, and in Aloe, same thing. Like I, I just what I said to myself when I was buying them. I'm like, they're five dollars each. I just have to manage expectations. I will be happy if these sell for twenty five dollars and I make twenty and triple my money. Like mm-hmm. instead of going home and thinking I'm going to list them like north of $50, which I would have a year and a half ago. So got to think of what, again, referencing Ryan, what he said last week, $25, just $25. price it at $25. I'm Smart. telling you, I can't tell you the number of offers I've taken this week. I had a pair of Ben Sherman boots mm-hmm. that I had priced at $50. The comps were all over the place. Ben Sherman's like one of those brands, yeah. like it can do well, but, mm, but they were just really nice looking boots. Like I don't, it's like my first time picking up Ben Sherman boots. I had them listed at 50 and someone offered me $30 and I looked to see what I paid for my paid eight. I'm like, Ryan and Lindsay would take it. Yes, and then are. I was like, it's still, you know, $30. That means 24. That's triple my money. That's, mm-hmm. that's not a bad return. Mm-hmm. So I took it. So I was very proud of myself. Very good, Lori. Very yeah, good. I was very proud. I've been, there's been a lot of that. And I, I just had a conversation um, with one of my good friends and she said that she has kind of let go of obsessing over the ASP. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am just selling so much stuff. And I'm making more money than I've ever made because I'm just moving through stuff so quickly. And I was, I was telling her the story about the $25 shoe and um, she's like, yeah, I've just entirely let go of it. Like, you know, she does most of her shopping in the bins though, like 95% of her shop. So the bins, it's really easy to do that, but um, there's, it's interesting. It's very liberating to just say yes. Sometimes like I, today I've had pretty much a yes day. I've countered on a couple of things, but I've pretty much said yes to everything that came through today. And it's been a good day, you know? So like, if you get like three offers and it's like a $25 offer, a $30 offer, like I just have, I have a, the one thing I haven't, I haven't countered yet, but had a Rami. No, I did counter. I lied. I have a Rami Brooks dress, another brand that I thought, should do really well and doesn't Should do really well. And I had it priced at 80. So very high, but they offered me 30. I counted at 64, but then I was like, you know what? I could have just had $30 sale. You know, you say no to three or four offers. And then all of a sudden it's like, I could have hundred dollars in sales today. Instead. Now I have none sometimes, 
I know. I know. It's changing our mindset about it. We don't have crystal balls to know. And we don't know what's going to happen. So there's two things I want to talk about. One, Peloton. I recently found a Peloton half zip type thing. Um, It had like the little logo on the side and it had like a star underneath it. Anyway, listed it for $45, sold outright within 24 hours, full asking price, no questions asked. It had a ton of likes on it. Mm-hmm. also have a soul cycle pair of leggings that I couldn't get rid of to save my life for seven months that I got offered $25 on and took it because it's been sitting forever. So like, like Nightmare. I was so excited to find those soul cycle leggings. They had never found them before. Hmm. I used so to get excited. so excited about soul cycle and it used to move for me. It used to do very well. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And now, I mean, the Peloton community has just grown so much through the pandemic. So the other brand. I- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go. I was just going to say when I first got my Peloton, um, you have like the credit, you can share your, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you get a hundred dollars in apparel. Like you don't get money oh, okay. kickback, but if somebody gets your Peloton, if they buy a Peloton. So I had a bunch of credits and um, there were certain pieces that once they were released on the Peloton site would sell out really fast. Mm-hmm. And they always do collabs. Like they'll do stuff with Nike. They'll do stuff with Lululemon. They'll do stuff with uh, Beyond Yoga, whatever, different brands that they collab with, but certain pieces would really fly even on their website. So once those sold out, you knew for sure that was going to show up on Poshmark and be big money. And it was, so you may have had one of those pieces yeah, that was possible. just like, you know, something that moved really fast, but what were you going to say? Um, oh, another brand that I see in the athletic wear section that's starting to go on the decline, which makes me really sad because I used to be really excited about this brand last year. Um, uh, outside uh, outdoor voices. Outdoor, outdoor voices. voices. Oh God. On the decline, Snoop. like so fast. Really, so fast. that that was just like a hot minute. Yeah, I was just excited. I just recently picked up a pair of outdoor Me voices. Me too. A week really ago. Excited. And then when I got home, I'm like, damn it! I basically have these in a different shade of blue, and they're not moving. Yep, I have three pairs now, and I have officially put the mark up. You're just not picking them up anymore. You, you just, you can't because unless they're like a dollar, well, then that's a different story. But like, if I'm paying six, $7, $8, but, then it, comes back, but then it comes back to the, like, I know. like why the, the soul cycle, like, would you pick them up for $5 and sell them for 30 or 35? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Like $30, I, I would sell things for $30 all day long. People know yeah. that about so, so I think that's what I need to do. I think what I should do. Manage before, expectations. Manage expectations. And yeah. specifically when it comes to workout gear, I feel like I need to go back in and um, to all my listings before the new year and like relist, like refresh them a little bit mm-hmm. and um, either drop the price first and then delist um, and relist for the new year. But I have a ton of athletic wear that really could use a, a, a good going over. Yeah, me too. My athletic bin is overflowing, which I felt like wasn't the case last year or the year before. So I need to revisit what's in there and kind of do an image. Like the brand Coral is another one that used to do really well. It doesn't really mm-hmm. do great anymore. I don't pick up onesie anymore, but I have, I think one piece left. I'm probably just going to send a thread up. That brand doesn't do well anymore. Um, This, I mean, Athleta, I struggle with Athleta pieces unless it's new at tag or um, I feel like their sweaters, their hoodies, like that stuff does really well, but their leggings, eh. the tennis skirts do really well. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. 
Yeah. And, and it's just, we've been doing this for a little bit now. And so things that were exciting in 2018, when I started, it's, it's just Patagonia slowed down quite a bit for me. I know. I know. Um, Fun fact. I was in um, a Plato's closet, not the one here in Rhode Island. I was in one in mass. I don't remember which one I was at, but I was in one in Massachusetts and um, they had a list in their fitting room because I was trying something on for myself and they had like a list on the wall of all the brands that they, that like, it must be for their employees that they are looking for in like what category they fall into. And, um, the brands on that list, I think it was like the outdoor stuff was Patagonia, mm-hmm. LL Bean, um, Woolrich, which I thought was interesting. And it said under, and it said underneath that, like anything that's vintage wool, like mm-hmm. that. And I thought that was interesting that like brands that we kind of struggle with sometimes, they're actually looking for those things. Yeah. So I guess if like you're a bin shopper and you come across that stuff often, which you way. do in New Hampshire, Woolrich, L.O. Bean, mm-hmm. May- maybe not Patagonia so much, but I-, I see a lot of Woolrich. I like Woolrich a lot. I, okay, I have a Woolrich. Here's another example. I was excited to find Woolrich and it was like a nice piece. It's a nice wool coat and it has like an Aztec pattern to it. Mm. I can't move it to save my life. Mm. And I don't know why. Is it Maybe I need on? to manage my expectations and lower yeah. the price. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Woolrich uh, like down parka that I got in my honey hole back when it was good. And I think I paid $7.99 for it. And it's literally on their website for like, it's, it's like a version of this coat that they yeah. repeatedly come out with every year. And it, it's like a $500 coat. I have it priced at $2.99. We'll see. It's a men's extra small. It's mm. in, but you could label that as women's too. Yeah. I don't know though. I mean, it says men's and I think the zipper's on the other side for men's. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. No, a zipper's only one-sided, Lori. I'm thinking of buttons. <laughs> it's late. Be nice. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. No, I don't. The listeners are saying something, not me. <laughs> don't touch me. Um, zipper's on the other side. Okay, Lori, let's move on to the Moving next on. <laughs> um, focused on brand, on brand, brand, um, way too much instead of categories, fabric, content, or style. Um, I think everyone's guilty of this in some capacity, but I think the more seasoned you get in reselling, you tend to bypass brands sometimes when the fabric content or the style or the category, you know, from experience does well. I feel like this is something you learn with time with reselling. Um, what popped into my mind when you said that um, I had an instance, like I love to pick up Victoria's Secret gold label mm-hmm. and there was a robe at Savers. It was in really nice condition. It was gold label, but it was priced at $9.99, which is high. Kind of uh, high, yeah. Kind of high. I mean- Not crazy like, high, but kind of high. Not crazy. Yeah, I probably had a coupon. It was probably eight bucks. So I was like, meh. And it was in good shape, but I looked at it, it was polyester. And I said, if this were silk, I would have paid the eight bucks for it, but it was polyester. So I passed. I mean, could I have made money on that? Probably 35, 40 bucks, maybe, maybe at maybe more like 30, 35. But um, if it were silk, I would have grabbed it and I left it behind because it was polyester. But like some people might not mind the polyester because you can wash it and stuff like yeah. that. So it's not necessarily a con, but that that's definitely an example of a time where I passed because of the fabric content. I would say when it comes to fabric content, um, another category would be like handbags. So I love picking up fossil handbags, but I won't pick up their cloth, like 
I won't pick those up. I will pick up leather, but I won't pick up cloth. And I, you could say the same about certain shoes. You know, if it's an all leather shoe, I'm probably going to go for it. Um, and it's a really cool style or even, all right, I love Everlane, but I'm not going to pick up every, every Everlane piece. But if it's an alpaca or a crew neck um, alpaca or the cashmere, I'm probably going to grab it over the cotton V-neck sweater that's probably stretched out. And even yeah. though it's Everlane, I'm probably going to pass on it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was, what was I thrifting today? And um, I was really torn because it was a J. Crew black sweater from holiday of 2019. Mm. Um, and it was trimmed in white and it was, it was merino wool and alpaca. It was a combo, but it just kind of had that look like maybe it had been washed or something and where it was an mm -hmm. extra small already. Um, and you know, the black, it's like, you know, you see mm -hmm. every piece of lint on it and it just honestly looked like it was going to be about 10 minutes too much work for me. Right. Um, and it was $7. So again, I would have definitely grabbed it at the bins. Um, but yeah, I was like, nah, I don't want to delint you. Even though it was, it was a pretty sweater, it was nice. This is where shopping at consignment stores gets fun because you don't have to worry so much about all this kind of stuff. Like shopping in thrift stores is obviously what we love to do. But when you yeah. shop at a consignment store, and I've learned from experience, is like all of these like second guesses or these things that we're talking about right now, you generally don't have these same conversations because every, someone has already done all of this for yeah. you. And you're just walking <laughs> through and picking up what you like. Mm, that's really nice. That is a huge pro. It is. Time saver. Yeah. You're going to pay a little bit more, but the quality is different and it's better. And the brand is typically better. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Is everything worth it in a consignment store? No, there, there are plenty of things that are not worth it. Um, but it's just a different shopping experience. So I feel like it depends on where you are too. You have different conversations with yourself when it comes to brand and price and quality and Absolutely. all that stuff. And it's always interesting at consignment stores too, because um, the other store that we like, um, yeah. that is a little higher priced, mm -hmm. um, you'll go through the rack and they will have a Calvin Klein sweater. That's really in beautiful condition and they'll have it priced at $14. And then right next to it, it's priced at $16, but it's an Everlane alpaca. So you'd say yes to one, even though it's $2 more and no to the other one, even though it's in beautiful condition and it's a current style and stuff like that but then just just certain brands or you're flipping through and same thing can happen with like a pair of denim um where mm -hmm. you know they might mark not your daughter's jeans and it's a beautiful pair of jeans and it's in really good condition and but they'll have it priced the same as you know insert pair of jeans you're excited to find so it's yeah. it's interesting you know mm -hmm. It is, and it depends on the place that you go. All this stuff, it depends on where you're at. But for the most part, I feel like we've both evolved from just looking at brands. Like brands are important to an extent because there's a there's a bottom line that we both want to hit money-wise, right, within our business, yeah. no matter what. But there's also those aspects of like just having fun with the process and looking at the other aspects of the item, not just the brand. You'll get there if you're not there yet. <laughs> just takes time. If you um, want to get there. I mean, yeah, some people like, you know, that's like, like I was, um, I was at the bins. I, I just, the haul that I just had, I had a Vince Camuto sweater, mm -hmm. which normally wouldn't pick it up, but it was really pretty. It was like a mauve. It was ribbed and, you know, somebody sent an offer for $28 on day one. And then today a Land's End shirt sold for $25, which I thought I was going to keep for myself. And it was a little big and mm -hmm. I thought it was still cute. 
So like the two brands that I would have 100% passed on in a regular thrift store were like two of the first things to sell. Go figure. It's so weird. It's so weird. There's just no rhyme or reason. Sometimes. There really isn't. There really isn't. Um, okay. ne- yeah. Next is ignored all aspects of analytical data. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like looking at data. It's, well, I mean, I like looking at it, but I don't like to actually acknowledge the data that's there sometimes because it means I have to do something else with my business that I don't want to do because <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. Right. I mean, we all, this is, this is we all struggle this with this. One. This is a tough one. I mean, analytical data can be anything as much as how much we've spent. And this is the next one. Spent more than you initially budgeted for the week of the month. Yeah, this can absolutely happen. Different situations come up. A budget. No. <laughs> what is a budget, please? <laughs> so bad. But, it, so but bad. it's true. Like, Lori, when you had your buyout, were you anticipating and spending $250 on bags of stuff that week? No, no. That wasn't <laughs> that, planned? No. Yeah. Sometimes you get these incredible opportunities and, but at the, like, I'm not sure, like I eyeballed it. I'm like, should be able to make my money back with a few of these things, but it's still, you're still not sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely things, gone to a thrift store and been like, oh my God, I need to buy everything right now. Think, and it's going to cost me $500. Things come in waves. You know, like, I feel like I've been struggling right now and I, and I'm spending more time going out and getting less stuff. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and then there'll be times where I'm like, leave it in the car because I've just found so many good things. I can't bring in another bag right now. I'm, I like, I can't admit to myself that I've done this much shopping in this short time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's budget is different, you know, and sometimes you hit the bins at the right time. If you're a bin shopper and it's like, oh my God, it's been so good. Like the last few days I need to keep going. And then it all adds up. I mean, especially the bins because your buy cost is lower, but you're getting way more than if you were going into a thrift store. So, you know, I think I I know I personally have done this where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to spend X amount of money because I want to save for X, Y, and Z. And these are the things that I have planned. And then something happens, I end up somewhere and I find something amazing. And I'm like, well, there goes that budget I had planned because I want that. Yeah. It's, I need it's to sell that. It's in general, I think it's a profession that uh, you really have to work on being disciplined. I'm mm-hmm. not very, I'm not a very disciplined person, regardless of the aspect <laughs> of my life. Um, but yeah, so I struggle. I have a hard time saying no to pizza and, you know, <sighs> margaritas. Pizza. And I pizza have a hard and beer. Time. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the poster child for discipline. Definitely not. I think it's important to look at data. I'm going to throw that out there. It is important to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's good to review it and know where you're at. And I I think having honest conversations with yourself when you are spending too much and like really sitting down and looking at it and be like, all right, you went a little overboard. Like maybe the next week you don't thrift because you don't need to thrift every week. We love to do it, right? But you don't need to go through all the stuff that you have and then analyze from there, make a few sales, get things out the door and then, you know. Yeah. Go back from there. Hard to do. Easier said than done. 
I kind of say this about comps, like you're never going to look at your data and be like, damn, I wish I didn't do that. Like you mm-hmm. usually learn a little something like no matter what it is, like, oh, I didn't realize my ASP was that high or, oh, I didn't realize I spent that much money or, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know this brand did so well last month. Like, I feel like no matter what, and now Poshmark has a little bit of that data. Which so is can- nice. It's a little skewed, but it's good. Like I was just looking the other day, um, I'll, let me pull it up right now. I sold um, that Salani, Saloni, how do you say that brand? S-A-L-O-N-I not familiar um well it's like a designer whatever and it was all sequence and um i sold it for 200 dollars. i paid 40 at tj maxx and i sold it for 200 well of course when i look at my analytics saloni s-a-l-o-n-i it's my number one brand apparently that i've sold and it's like well yeah i've sold one piece and it was 200 dollars, so it outweighs Mm -hmm. everything else so like i think it's and this is with any analytics that you look at, it's going to be skewed. I think it's just looking at it, understanding at least we have something to reference and be like, okay, yep. This brand is up there every month. This brand's up there every month. You know, what are your top three brands? Um, Madewell, Zara and free people. I'm not counting the dress that I sold. Cause that's number oh, one. Right. Right. So Madewell, Zara, free people, Levi's, which is pretty in line with what I pick up. Yeah. Yep. And then if I go by average sale price, um, Zara is number one. And that's because I focus so much time on learning Zara. So what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. You know, what you spend the most time on researching and learning and focusing on whatever it is, you're going to see it in your data if it's working for your business anyway. And if it's not working, you're going to see it. Yeah. So data is, it's always good to, it is. to check it out. Pain the butt, but you need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a good one, Lori. Ignored a pile of clothes that requires attention, steaming, cleaning, listing, and deciding to go outsourcing instead. Yeah. Oh my do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that meme of um, Leonardo DiCaprio, like skipping down the street. And it's like, oh, um, my God, what is that? running to the thrift store when I have a pile of clothes, like sitting at home. Yeah. yeah. I it's all nicely on my rack. I, yeah. It's there. At least it's organized. I haven't gone though. I went to the thrift store on Saturday because Matt and I were out and he was so nice and said, do you want to go to a thrift store? And I said, of course I want to go to a thrift store. Thank you very much for offering. And he sat in the car and I went around and it was a really great, most of the stuff that I picked up, I've already listed and, or I've put in a box into the real real. Um, so it was an easy trip, but I have no business thrifting at all this week or next week. I need to get through all the stuff that I have, but the, it's requiring willpower. It's hard. Yeah. Especially with the end of the year coming, people start donating their things now, Lori. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I have not been feeling that I've been feeling like, well, today was a good day, but I feel like the past few trips, I mean, the bins turned out to be better than I thought. Like when I went home, I'm like, this wasn't a great trip. But then it ended up being pretty decent. And um, I, yeah, I, I haven't been feeling like that. Ooh, mm. this influx of stuff. I think I'm waiting for January on that. Yeah, I, I feel like December, middle end of December, Jan- February, I feel like is the best because they're getting through everything and it's all going out on the floor. When I don't thrift in February. <laughs> Maybe we That's change so the month, Lori. Yeah, really, really. Maybe it should be. <laughs> was January. Um, 
I feel like January's for like for me as a as a person donating. I have all my kids home in the month of December. They get all their stuff for Christmas. Mm-hmm. They go through all their stuff and then they just put bags in my room or or they yeah. put them in the hallway. They wait for the maid, me, aka me, to walk maid. around. AKA <laughs> mom. Um, so I feel like, and then in January, like when we take down the Christmas tree and it's just that like freshen mm-hmm. in your house, like when you want all the clutter gone, I feel like that's, but, but like you said, maybe they're just not processing it as fast. I find good stuff in January, I think. Yeah. I find good things in January too. I feel like December, January, February, I feel like my best sales are generally February, like February. July and like November for whatever reason are like that have been typically the months that I do better in I don't know mm-hmm. I don't think I have any rhyme or reason with mine I feel like my best months are the months that I put the most work into it yeah determined to sell a bunch of stuff <laughs> I send out a million offers I put it you know buy one get one free like those are the months that I do best it just depends on where I decide to do those but yeah yeah it's nice to have control in that way you know mm-hmm. if you need to yeah. I think in terms of that aspect of ignoring the pile of clothes, we all do it. I think it's just knowing how to manage that pile and what you're bringing in. I think just like we said before, having the honest conversation with yourself is important. Yeah. If you're like it's sitting there, you're like, strange. there's way really too fast. much. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, it's like eating. It's like, you know, I could diet all week and make really good choices mm-hmm. and I could blow it on one day and have like, you know, 6,000 calories a day. It's like I've undone, I've undone like all this work. And it's similar. Like you could be pretty diligent and list like five to 10 items a day. And you know, you're working. I mean, I think five items is pretty reasonable, but I feel good if I'm listing five items a day. Me too. But I mean, you figure, and then by the end of the week, that's 35 new listings. And then you can go to the bins and, and buy 50 pounds worth of stuff. And you're back to square one and then some you can have more than 35 items, you know, so you can, you can really undo it very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to shop than it is to clean, oh, list, measure, package, inventory, you know what I mean? So it, it's not an, it's not a one for one, you know, because it's just a lot more work on the back end than it is on the buying end. So. Yeah. And I think realizing maybe where your strengths and your weaknesses lie with that too, like easy for me to shop definitely a strength when it comes to being a reseller, keeping up with the back end stuff. I struggle with, I try to be good about it. Like I'm good about sending out things and sending them off to the real rail and all that. But then it's like the other back end stuff, like keeping up with the spreadsheet and organizing my toe and not just throwing it in a toe because I don't want to deal with it kind of thing, you know, like that stuff, which then in the end ends up being way more work for me than if I just had a system in place. Yeah. took care of it. You want to know what my, my new death pile is right now? It's really, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no longer like unlisted stuff, yeah. like that comes home and goes in a pile. It's stuff that either I or Caitlin, my assistant has taken pictures of done the measurements of, um, but we haven't gotten it to a draft. Like before we had the system in place where we would always go directly to Vendu. um, they're just on my camera somewhere. And then for a while, the system was, she wrote it down on paper and I wrote it down on paper, like what the measurements were. And I even saved all those papers, but they're loose leaf paper Mm. with a measurement attached to a photograph that could have been taken in June. 
that's somewhere mm -hmm. on my camera. And now I have this pile of clothes that I haven't yet put into my inventory because they're not really accounted for. Like if I look them up, they're not, they're not listed on Poshmark. So now I'm having to go back through this pile of clothes that 90% of it has been photographed already, like a waste of time. Like I paid somebody I gotta do it I over again. <laughs> well, or I have to find the picture before yeah. I bag it and put it in my inventory. So it's like, it's like this post photograph and draft yeah. death pile. So now, now we've revamped the system now that like, basically like she, you know, one of us either takes the picture, drafts it, then it gets, it gets mm -hmm. inventoried much faster, but you know, it's taken me a long time to figure out that system. And now I'm like having to go back through all these other things. But then once I get through that. Well, now you have a new system in place that's going to work for you. And I, and I have a feeling it's going to keep getting, like I'm chipping away at it, but I have a feeling it, it, it will take me until like thriftless February to actually dig yeah. in. And this time, February last year is when I redid my inventory system. And it's taken me a year to like still, you know, yeah. work. It's not that. an easy thing. I think inventory systems is one of the things that I wish I would have had in place beforehand, but the space that I was in didn't really allow for it. So it How is it, it now with more space? So I have the same exact amount of totes. Um, I haven't outgrown the totes that I have and I have a better, so I have all my shoe totes in one section. They're all piled together. I have two handbag totes. They're all together. And then my clothes, I have three jean totes. And then the rest of them are just kind of like a hodgepodge of all things put together. There's no real room. I have one that's like a new tag tote. Mm -hmm. But now I'm going to, my, my plan is after the holidays probably, um, take a couple of days out of work and I'm going to buy different totes and use these for something else in the house, probably use them for like Christmas decorations or whatever, sure. buy yeah. bigger totes. And, um, so consolidate the totes down, have longer totes and then organize it the way that I want to. So I'm thinking like all sweaters will probably go, I don't think I'm gonna do by size or anything, but everything will have an allocated number. Everything will have an allocated tote that it'll go in yes. and it'll be inventoried somewhere in a system right in the spreadsheet and um, so it'll be easier for me to find um but as of right now I mean it's so much better for me to find stuff it doesn't take me long because I have all my shoe totes together and I don't have a ton of inventory where it's still easy for me to find things so like even wow. though I don't have a number system or anything I only have right now I have 482 items still manageable mm -hmm. for me because I had 600 in the apartment at one point so wow. I can manage it. It takes me maybe 10 minutes to find things now where before it would take me like an hour to find all the stuff I need to find because there just wasn't any system at all. So building a system, but not quite there yet. Yeah. It takes time. It really mm -hmm. does. take time. This was my contribution to our list today. Passed on a reasonable offer because you thought it was worth more in quotes only to sit on it for months. Yeah, I'm currently going through this right now. So I should just lower the price of this item. I have a Wilfred, um, so the Aritzia brand Wilfred. It is a cashmere cardigan. It's like a chunky knit, oversized, like totally something that's trending right now. It's currently on their website. I think I have it listed at like $85, something ridiculous, but I keep getting offers of $35 and $40. So I think I should take the hint and list it at $35 or $40 and just, just sell it. Yeah, but there's I've a passed on four offers, four. There's a lot of room between 35 and 85. Like, yeah, what I know. I've, I've seen the comps are like between 50 and 70, but I also like, I need to do more research in terms of 
when were those comps really from? And was this a piece that maybe they've reissued throughout the years? Like I haven't really done that research on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it retails well, for like one and change, like 135, 140, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. That's a tough one. I had a, I had a Wilfred sweater, same thing. It was, it was current. It was in their store and it got mad attention and I got a lot of offers on it. And, um, it depends like how long, how long has it been listed? It might end up selling in like a high price. It was good. It's been like 10 months and I've relisted it twice. Oh God. Then Daniela dropped that price. Yeah. I I would say, well, I mean, but I, I paid up for it. Here's the thing. My buy cost for it was $15, which is much higher than what my usual buy. And it's not a ton, but it's still like I paid 15. So for me to sell it at 40, yeah, I mean, I can do it. I'd still make something, but I'd like to sell it for like that 55, 60 Mm -hmm. range. And I feel like the brand and the style and the content of the piece warrants at least a $55 price, but clearly I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, no, you're not. I mean, sometimes it's just, if you, if you're willing to be a long tail seller, I mean, you'll find the right buy. I had something recently that had been in my. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays, just as much as you do. Bumble knows that, you know, exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Inventory forever and ended up selling like over a hundred dollars. And I was like, wow, like, I would have never expected that. I don't even know what the piece was, but I could have easily dropped that price a long time ago. For me, I'm just like oblivious. I feel like you you pay closer attention if you're relisting, you know what I mean? So I feel like you have more of a an idea like you uh, on the pulse of like what's going on with a brand, you know? Yeah, um, and I just think sometimes I'm really stubborn and don't want a piece to go for less money. And sometimes it works in my favor and I wait and the right buyer comes along. Right. But sometimes it's like, okay, but then I think of my husband in the back of my head, like, just move every piece that you have. Just oh, move that it. is like, Jay's voice never goes away. That's all he <laughs> says. And it's like, it's, it's a rhetorical question. I'll be like, babe, I got this thing and I paid blah, blah, blah. And I just got an offer for just this. Like, what do you mean? Why do you even ask me? Why do you even ask me? Take the money. You know what? I'm going to say the same thing every single time. Yep. You're going to make a little money. Take the money because you're going to go thrifting tomorrow. He's so funny. Yeah. Why yeah, do I ask same conversation? Same. The only time he says no, if it's like something ridiculous and he's like, well, how much did you pay? And I'm like, well, this is how much I paid. You know, sometimes he does. He say he says to counter, but for the most part, he's like, just made the money. Do you ever look at like in Poshmark where it shows you like the dollar amount of what's listed in your closet? Do you ever look at that? And you're like, if I could only make that, like if I could just liquidate everything and even make half of that right now, that'd be great. Yes. I know. Think about it that way. And in our conversation with Ryan and Lindsay, I think kind of made me think about it a little bit more. And this conversation makes me think about it where I'm sitting here like reflecting on all the things that I still do to this day. And I'm like, maybe I just need to be better on my outlook on certain things. Yeah. I just sold while we were talking a Lily Pulitzer cashmere sweater for $26. That I bought it for bed. No, I know. I bought it at the bins. I listed it for $60. It had, but listen, it had a teeny tiny hole in the back that I actually did repair. And I stitched it and I showed that I had repaired it. 
but it still had a hole in it. You know what I mean? Even though I had repaired it. So then I'm like, ah, 64 is a little much. So then whatever. I finally dropped it to $40 and I got an offer for 20. And then I looked to see what I paid for it. And I, I saw that I had paid $2, which is usually an indication that I got it at the bins or yeah. at the pit or someplace. So then I'm like, actually, if I sold it for 20, I would, I would actually make money, decent money on this as far as like, you know, so I countered at 32 and then they came back at 26. I'm like, just go, just go. But I mean, this is a piece that when I first got it, I'm like, this is, and it was, it wasn't typical Lily. It was a cream colored. Ooh, like, so it was, yeah. Yeah. Cashmere. It had like fringe on one side. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. So sad. There's another uh, broom we can add to the list decline oh god we have a whole decline episode yeah yeah really good all right well those were our mistakes hope (laughs) you enjoyed (laughs) take those offers yeah take offers reflect on what you're doing I mean when we have these conversations it always makes us reflect and like realize what it is that we're doing every day and what we could probably get better with and I think heading into maybe the new year there's the things that you want to look at and maybe make changes or maybe don't make any changes. I mean, whatever, if it's working for you, it's working for you. But I definitely think going into the new year, um, when it comes to pricing, maybe change my outlook and my perspective on certain things and certain brands. And maybe still pick up those ones that I know are not going to have a high return that they once did, but it will still bring people to my closet that maybe will bundle or maybe will come back and buy something else from me, you know, so conversations to have with yourself always changing the, the, our closets are always changing everything's yes. always changing uh, one uh, one last thing I want to say if you look on your closet insights mm-hmm. um the new st- stats yeah they have um like a pie graph oh yeah, and yeah. Tell you what percentage of your items have sold on offers to likers let me see mine's probably really high oh mine's enormously high that's kind of my point right now for the month of November. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, is it just 100%? Well, right now it says, Oh, okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So current month. So for me, 73.3%. Yep. Mine is 100% have been offers to likers. And that just shows what kind of month I've had too. This month has not been great. But I do feel like you, we do send a lot of offers and I think we We do. do. I mean, I know, I know us, you and I, and I feel like we price on the higher side. Mm -hmm. So, and one of the things that Ryan was saying about how he priced things was just, you know, there, there's really no room for debate. If I'm like, if I'm listing these shoes that I know somebody could flip for 50 Mm -hmm. bucks and I'm listing them for 25, I'm going to feel very confident about not dipping, you know, like not taking offers and people are probably going to have more sense of urgency to buy because it's such a good price. And then I go and I take my profit and I buy new ones. It's so true. I just changed it to the past 12 months and 87.9% of my sales this year have been offers. Yeah. 8.4% is buy it now and 3.64% is bundle. I really don't have a lot of bundles, but 87% 87% of my business is offers. Now, okay, is that attributed to Posture VA? Probably. A, a, probably a portion of that's contributed to Posture VA in the 10% offers I send out, which then starts a conversation, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that has something to do with it. Um, 
But then I also tend to like my discount or my sale is me sending out another offer with like 30% off or whatever it is. Right. That's basically what I mark up. So like, I think that if you, you know, either take away the 30% markup. I, I no, I, but, but I also firmly believe that even if I price something for $5, somebody would offer me three. Oh yeah. That's just the way Poshmark is no matter what, any platform. So I wonder, I'd be curious, like on eBay, I have a lot more just outright offers right? or people sending me offers. So I have on the year 70% are offers, uh, 10.53% are buy it nows, 17% bundles and a bundle buy it now 1%. Oh, that's where they bundle and just buy it. it. Love those people. (laughs) Let me just put a bunch in a thing and then just press pay. Please do that all the time. Um, What has been your highest month for the year in terms of sales? Um, It shows you at the top. These analytics are kind of cool, guys. If you haven't like dived into it, there's actually, it's it's not bad. Not what I would ever expect. March. Mine's August. August, yeah. And I don't know why. Oh, I all those Levi's that I, all the Levi's products that I bought was during that time. And that kind of jump-started my closet. I found a bunch of like new attack stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, mine's August and January. No, August, July, and then January. Um, so far, mine's March and then sept- uh, it looks like October and June are tied and September is higher than both of them. And February is my lowest month because of my So I was going through old inventory. So I wasn't stocking with a lot of new stuff. So that makes sense. And it also makes sense why I did almost six grand in March because I probably like did so much shopping in the month of March. And I was like lifting my heart out with all new merchandise that made people happy. So this month is not looking too good for me right now, but that could change. Month is still young. It's only the 16th. Yeah. You know, I feel like this November, December aren't usually my best months because yeah. people are Christmas shopping, you know? I'm definitely Christmas shopping for myself. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to retail stores for myself. How could I not? I'm deals are good. I know the deals are great. The deals are great. All right, everybody. This was a fun episode. Thanks for yes. those questions, Daniela. That was great. All right, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week. Yes. Um, we'll and yeah. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villas Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.